Hello there. Thank you once again for joining us. Um, you are watching and listening to My Darkest Hour. I know some of you guys get confused because we still have the audio feed going to iHeartRadio. And, of course, now we have the podcast going to our own site and other places that are streaming it. So you see in the corner, we have uh, Apple iTunes, uh, just pretty much everything. I mean, we're just trying to push it out there and get the information. And it's really awesome because some of the great people that we've been talking to over the past well, 16 years now, it's just getting crazy. Um, but it's so in, in, enthralling. You know, uh, we, talk, we meet so many people. Uh, I meet a lot of people at all the Paracons and the people when I'm doing special events uh, that want to talk. I meet amazing people, and tonight uh, is one of the people that I really, really want to get on the show for a very long time. Uh, I've mentioned her on the show before. I did her show a few times, and I am talking about uh, the psychic medium Sheena Metal. Now, a lot of people know about her because she has been doing broadcasting for a very long time she has uh four different shows herself that she's done and ones from the past that people have been following you know uh she does a lot of spiritual work so i thought it'd be great to have her on because when i talked about the, the parapod festival a few weeks back or months back uh some of the people that i had a ch quick chance to talk to she was one of them uh and i just thought you know Part of that Parapod series, I just want to have everybody who I thought was really great, and she's always great. So let's go ahead and bring her on the show and get that going. So let me bring her out of the virtual green room. And I don't even know why they call it a green room. It's not even really green. I do a lot of touring and stuff, and I'm in green rooms all the time, and I haven't even been to a green one yet. So I don't know why they call it. So here we go, bringing her on the show. Hold on. Your mic's on. There you go. It's the virtual black room. Pretty much. Yeah. Waiting, I like it. Waiting in the darkness and the shadows. <laughs> it's to make like our being moment. in space. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Waiting in the waiting in the ethers for your big arrival. Yeah. And usually like, I'll call like veggie trays and really junky stuff that's no good for anybody. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I have been in green rooms that were green from, you know, my decades in music, but I wish they weren't because they were an awful green and I wish they were something else. Yeah, like pea green or something. It's like, really? Awful. What's going on with this? Yes, awful. It, yeah. It makes you feel uncomfortable. It's so to make how you are you feel? Doing? I'm wonderful. I'm good. Uh, I awesome. love this time of year. I know it's so cliche for spiritual people to say, I love Halloween, but uh, the time of year from the 1st of September to the middle of January 15th is like my favorite time of the year. Yeah. The fall going into winter. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Yes. The weather's great. Loving like, it. Oh, it's, it's kind of kind of foggy a little bit. Love clouds, it. I'm like, yeah, that's my environment. <laughs> I mean, I totally yes. appreciate the sun for what it does, but if I can get some natural coverage, I am yes. golden. Yes, yes. I always, when they when I hear fog advisory, when Alexa tells me there's a fog advisory, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get in my car and drive down PCH. Yay, fog advisory. Totally. It's funny, because I, I was going down uh, the harbor out here by the coast, 
to get home and stuff and, and to go to uh, to a big show. And uh, I was driving out there and there was like fog coming across the roads. So that was morning because the beach is right there. It's like yeah. 20 feet away, the road. And it was all misty and stuff. And I love that. And then coming back later that night in the middle of the night, once again, here comes the fog. But it's like, it's like a different kind of fog that rolls, the night fog that yeah. comes in off yeah. the ocean. Yeah. It's just so cool. You know, and I had a, I have a headlight out, so it looked really cool. It was all dark and kind of lit up. <laughs> right. There's nobody on the road. I'm like, this is so cool. This is a total horror movie right here. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm like, well, if I go this way, I'll fall in the ocean. If I go this way, I'll fall in the wetlands. I'm taking my chances. Yeah. Got to be careful of land sharks running up on me as I try <laughs> exactly. to pass through. Exactly. Right, right. And and down here, coyotes. Yes, the oh, coyotes. You got the Walk up right and there. down the street. Yep. Nice. Yeah, we don't get them down here much. There's nothing for them to really do. You know, just a bunch of uh, angry seagulls and stuff like that. It's pretty good. I live right by a wildlife preserve, so they all live there. And then on oh, the no other kidding. side, on the other side of the wildlife preserve is PCH. So there's this um, this wetlands, and it's a haunted wetlands. And I say that because uh. uh, a couple of years ago, they found a 10,000 year old burial bowl there, which is why they can't develop it because it's an Indian burial ground. And the area that I live where my housing track is built, and this is the house that I grew up in that I've moved back to last year. Um, it's, I moved here when I was 13. It's um, technically is part of those wetlands. They built our houses on the wetlands. It sounds like poltergeist, right? Um, and Perfect. so uh, we're literally below sea level. So there's PCH is here. The wetlands are here and we're down here. So we live under this pocket of these haunted wetlands that separate us from the ocean. And uh, it's an active place, man. I got a lot of salt lamps and a lot of selenite towers in this house and a, and a cat. To and all that salt water outside just adding to it. Oh, it yeah. That's rad. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's an amazing... I mean, you go outside in my front yard after sundown and it smells like you're at the beach because that there's nothing to stop that breeze from coming in. There's no buildings. It's just the wetlands. So it's, it's actually a beautiful place to live. And, you know, when I was young, I couldn't wait to grow up and move to L.A. And I love Los Angeles. I love every part of Los Angeles. But I came down here really because of COVID. And I was going to fix this place up and put renters in it. And I think the cat and I were here for about a month. And we're like, you know, we're staying forever because I, I just love it. It's a, it's amazing. And, and the energy, the native energy that comes up here that that scared me when I was a teenager now I'm trying to really embrace and work with. But as I said, there are a lot of selenite wands, a lot of selenite towers, at least two or three salt lamps in every room, and a lot of brooms. I have brooms in every corner of this house because I, I'm happy they're here, but I'd like them to stay in their area and I'll stay in mine. Because I know, you know, I grew up in a wicked negative haunted house outside of Baltimore before we moved here. And I just don't want to reenact that mayhem, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. You know, you got to keep them at bay. Yes. You know? and, and in the field of work that, that we do, uh, people are always trying to say, well, you got to choose one side or the other. It's like, you know, I, I, I got to respect yes. all the elements. Yeah. Yes. I can't say, oh, this one's evil or this one's great. It's like they do what they do because they're part of nature and I have to respect them. But I want to be comfort over here. And the troublesome ones, I don't have time for that. So let them go do their thing over there. Yes. So I don't I don't bash on them or try to create that because then you're you're upsetting that balance and that's never good. Especially when yes. we're doing magical work, you know? 
Absolutely. Every once in a while in the middle of the night, uh, my cat is very into hugs and he likes to be held like a baby like this with his, you know, with his belly to my belly. And every once in a while, he'll whip his head around and look at something. And I'm like, mommy doesn't want to know, sweetie. <laughs> don't want to know. You keep that to yourself, darling. I don't want to know because I don't want to. And when I first moved in here, I said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do um I'm not going to do craft here. I'm not going to do work here. I'm not going to um, talk about paranormal stuff on the radio here after dark. There mm. were all these things. I wasn't going to have haunted dolls. Like there was all this stuff I wasn't going to do. And, but now I found that I've learned to live peacefully with them and I do all that stuff. I take clients at two in the morning and, and I'm fine. Um, as long as I set those boundaries with lots of protection and warding of every room and make sure they stay outside. But boy, can I feel them walking around the house. And every once in a while, like I said, I feel one walk through the house. And that's when the kitty's like, whoa, what's that? I'm like, no, no, mm -hmm. we don't talk about that. That's the first rule of haunted house is we don't talk about haunted house. Yeah. And I always said that for years. I mean, when I'm doing the whole paranormal thing, people are always talking about their houses and stuff. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. You can try little things. But for an investigator, I always say, if you're going to go out to all these places, you know, don't try to sit there and investigate your your own house. No. You're just going to see the activity. Uh, and, you you know, you want to keep it. And I love haunted houses. I love being in a haunted environment. Yeah. You know, the energy, it just feels homey. If I go to a hotel, I got to try to find the hauntedest room just so I can just relax and be, feel like I'm at yeah. home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but some people, like, you know, I just moved in there. Something's going on. You know, you know, bring somebody else in to, you know, yeah. if you got a friend who's in investigating, you know, bring them in and try some stuff and they can go home and they can do the whole boundary thing. Because once they know that you know what's going on, it's just going to be nonstop. Absolutely. Yeah. I love, I love your haunted house. I don't want to live in one that's mine. So I'm happy yeah. to come to yours and do any work you need me to do, but I, I don't necessarily want to live in one. And that might be, as a matter of fact, when something happens and occasionally something has happened, I've been here. Um, I moved in June 1st of last June 4th of last year. So I've been here, you know, almost a year and a quarter. And every once in a while, something will happen. And I'll call one of my best friends and say, I have a story for you about the house, but not for when I'm in the house. And so I wait till I'm in the yeah. car or I'm at a friend's house that I call and say, okay, here's the story. Because I found when we lived here before, and also when we lived in that insane house in Baltimore, that sometimes the more you talk about it, the more attention you give it, the more emotion you show around it, the more they stay. They get excited about the attention. So I, I don't give it any attention as I'm talking about it right now while I sit here, but it's also daytime. Yeah. Yeah. What does they, when they hear it, you know, they, they pick up on it and like when I'm talking about like the the, the, the realms of reality and, and the different elements we have and like because everyone's sure. like, oh. everyone talks about like the other side like it's way over there you have to take a plane to <laughs> right. the other side right like, exactly no, yes. dude. like take a piece of like like a like a bed sheet or like a little <laughs> even saran wrap it's that thin you can just put yes. your finger right through it at all times we're surrounded yep. by and I tell people that. If you turned on your everyone's psychic abilities to full power, everybody will lose their mind because yes. there's so many things going on and like things that we don't understand happening because there's a lot going on from that world that's not a part of our world. Yes. So every time this comes through, we're just like, what the heck? Is that a dragon? What is that? Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. And and it would be yeah. crazy. So people should be fortunate we have some 
some kind of blinders on that kind of keep us bound to our reality because we go insane. Well, and someday somebody will invent something, you know, like an MRI machine or a CAT scan where you can look through it and you can see all of them. And then we'll see how many are there and not just ghosts and spirits, but interdimensionals and earth spirits, elementals. I mean, all the off-worlders, all the things we're going to see and people's minds are going to be like, it's going to be a strange day when people realize how much is really here with us that is not biological. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be a, a, a really, uh, it's going to be like when the aliens come, right? Everybody's going to be like, oh my God, really? It's really real? Well, of course it's really real, but you know, let's yeah. hope, I'm hope they don't come. People go, oh, I, I hope the aliens come tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, I kind of hope they don't come. We're having enough time, a hard enough time navigating the biological personalities that are on the earth already. I don't think we need a whole bunch from another place to come and, and make us even more confused. Human beings get really riled up over the littlest things. So maybe not today. Did I lose you? No, you're, you kind of blinked out for a second. So I was waiting for it to reset. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad. Yeah, exactly that. You know, there's just so much going on. I think they're here. I just think they're holding back because they're like, Hey, the primates down there are starting to talk about blowing each other up. Maybe we'll just hang out here, you know, near the moon. Exactly. Yes. Watch station, yes. you know, this weird moon thing that doesn't rotate. And we're right. just going to go with that. You know, that's like their, their front row seat. So, oh. Exactly. They're our, each other again for no reason. Let's, let's watch them what they're going to do this time. You know? Exactly. There are troubles in our ant farm today. Yeah, exactly that. And it must freak, they must have really started freaking out when we started launching rockets into space trying to get off the planet. They're like, oh, no. Now yeah. what? Yeah, have exactly. Deal with this? <laughs> yeah, right. that's, the only, that's the only part that makes sense. They might show up at one point and say, okay, hold on. You guys are doing exactly. it all wrong. We're going exactly. to show you how to do it right so you're safe, you know. Uh-huh. And no explosives. You know, that right. kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, it's funny because all the chaos that's happening in the world right now, that is just creating so much disembodied uh, energy that's happening and just creating sure. our world because we're all, we're all on this big planet and it's a living thing you know so it's giving off energy and we're utilizing that and all of a sudden we're all freaking out we're giving off all this energy too so hopefully the balance will happen pretty soon you know yeah absolutely i mean i think that that the it's an ebb and flow right there's there's the calm and there's the storm and there's the calm and and i think we're in the middle of the storm right now and and hopefully a period of calm will come after this. I mean, everything that when I tap into spirit, every message I get is about the calm that's coming after this. Um, we just have to ride through this and we have to realize, and I talk about this during my spiritual services all the time, that human beings, we're like special toddlers. I mean, compared to other species that are on the earth, we're just babies. We're just, we're just, my mom used to say human beings are just smart enough to be dangerous. You know, we're, we just know enough to cause trouble but we haven't really figured it out. Like if you look at a crocodile who's been around millions of years, right? The crocodile just lays in the in the river or the lake or the swamp or wherever it is. And it just chills until it either wants to eat or make more alligators. And that's uh, crocodiles. And that's, that's all it does. And it's, it knows to just like lay there and chill and enjoy its life until it's time to move for some reason. We're like spinning all the time about things that aren't even happening for no reason yeah. at all. And so I think the, the more time we spend on the planet and God willing, the planet will be here, 
the more that we can stop spinning in a circle and develop some of that like calmer, more chill sort of behavior that that's that species that have been here longer than us have, you know? Yeah, I, I totally get it. And I, I try to model my life as much as possible towards the alligator's life. Yes. I just want to lay there. Right. Just your eyeballs out. Yeah. If I want to eat something and I'll deal with that, and then I go back into my resting spot just waiting for something. Yes, exactly. Yes. But but there's so many people out there that are just panicking over everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just like an hour ago, there was this guy on TikTok and he's like trying to be some news guy and he's like, why isn't no one talking about this? There's a meteor that NASA says the trajectory will definitely hit the Earth. It is two times the size of the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. And it's going to be here in a few months. And, you know, we might not even be alive next year. And I'm thinking, oh, really? You know, is that a promise or something? I mean, what are they talking about? And what are we going to go do? We're going to try to make a slingshot to catch the big asteroid and send it back into outer space? Because I don't, I don't see that happening. But I'm not going to sit there and panic about it because I can't do anything about it. So I'm just going to kind of wait and see what happens and write it out. Same thing with with uh, the threats on us now. They blow us up. Game over. But until the meantime, I still have to do my thing, pay my bills, live my life uh, as much as possible. So um, that's all we can really do. We can't spend the time worrying about it. Uh, I think I just lost Sheena. We're going to bring her right back in here. I'm back. Sorry, I got a phone call on a phone that I never use. So I don't know who knew this number. Somebody wanting That's to sell weird. me an extended warranty for my automobile or some kind of tax thing because I this number doesn't it doesn't even really have a number. So that was sorry about that. That's weird. They're trying to, they're trying to interrupt our call. Exactly. Like, they're, they're getting, getting, they're getting weird, too deep. We'll have to cut that off. Exactly. If I was, right. If I was on the uh, if I was on a show with a, a psychic, they would say it's the darkness. It's the darkness. But yeah, they're trying to cut through. The I darkness know. is trying to ruin us. But I agree about the people who are all about the end of the world. People, right? The meteors coming. Yeah. The sun is going to burn us all up any minute. Um, we're in such an adversarial relationship with the sun. To me, the sun is our mother. We should worship her. And we're all here because of her. We live at her behest. And we should have respect for her and not always be talking about, oh, that sun, it's any minute, it's going to burn us all up. And you know what? If you, what you be careful what you ask for, people. Yeah. You know, and why should they worrying about it? It's it's always these what if situations. Like I said, the asteroid hits, it's going to land on my house. What, am I going to worry about it? It's game over. It'll be over in a second. If, yes. I get, if someone drops a nuclear bomb at my house because I live next to a uh, military base, yes. I won't even know. It'll be so fast. Yes, exactly. I'm not worry about it. I'm going to do my thing. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, okay, yes. cool. Yes. What's up now? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know? I, li- I live next town over is the naval base. And ever since the war broke out in, uh, the is- in Israel, there's been this the most gigantic looming, terrifying looking battleship you've ever seen parked in the naval port where there's usually nothing. This thing has two towers on it, cylindrical towers that are about six stories high. I mean, it is the biggest thing. And so I looked at my friends the other night, we were talking about it. And I said, well, I said, well, I guess we know if there's going to be a war, we'll go quick. 
because we're so close to it. So yeah. I mean, I think if there's that kind of a war, don't you want to go quick? Wouldn't that be the idea rather than wander around with one eyeball hanging out for a hundred years? Yeah, rotting away and stuff. No, take me <laughs> exactly. out of the room. Yes. Get me out of there, put me on the sidelines, send me home, whatever. Just yes. I have no time to worry about. And it's true. I live by a military base. It is everyone, they've been on high alert all the time. And I'm driving to go to Taco Bell and stuff. And I'm parking there and I get my windows are down. All you hear is just gunfire, just not stop. Yeah. Rifles going off and just crazy. And everyone's like looking around going, what the heck? Is that we being invaded? But they're they're training and stuff. Yeah. You know? So and that just makes all the people on the on the on the residential sites start to panic and worry. And everyone's like, Oh my god, yeah, oh my god, what are we gonna do? It's like you're just gonna go live your life, you're gonna go to the grocery store, buy groceries <laughs> exactly. at night, exactly in the morning, nothing you can do. I mean, we're yes. We're sideline people. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Although my girlfriend lives across the street from it, from that naval base. And it, it was awfully surprising to me in the beginning because growing up in Huntington, one town over, you couldn't hear it at like six o'clock in the morning hearing emergency, emergency, emergency. And one morning it was tsunami, tsunami. And I was like, oh, my God, am I going to? Because it's this big loudspeaker. But then I had to realize, like you just said, that they do tests and they have to yeah. test those speakers. And so yeah. part of it is they have to scare the crap out of you at six in the morning, because what if there was a tsunami, they want to get you out of bed and you start running away from the ocean. So, well, they used to put that in the paper back in the days. Oh, there's going to be a test on this day, blah, blah. But who reads the yeah. paper anymore? I know. You know, when I'm, when I'm watching Comedy Central, no one's making announcements about my warnings. And I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally get it. I'm, I'm 13 feet above sea level. So a tsunami comes. No. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm below sea level, so I, I think I go first. I'll swim really? over to you, and then, yeah, because the PCH, like I said, the beach is here, and then the wetlands are below the beach, and then we're below the wetlands. The nice thing oh. is, is that, like, when, when Tropical Storm Hillary came and everything yeah. was blowing over, we had almost nothing because we live in that pocket where the wetlands protect us. But I would imagine if, the, and, and like, if, if the ocean overflows, before we get flooded, it will flood the wetlands and the wetlands will have to flood for us to flood. But I think a tsunami, just everybody goes. So yeah, it's, a, it's one of those things living on the coast, you know, and if mm -hmm. people are worried about it, why they buy houses on the coast? I feel exactly the same way. My mother panicked I, about it till the day she died. She had stuff in her trunk. She was sure that tsunami was going to come. Um, two blocks away, you go up a giant hill and that's the hill part of, of Huntington Beach. So if you had to get in your car and go, you could be up away from the tsunami in, you know, five minutes. But because oh, that area cool. up there, that was the native shamanic ground. And then down low here in the marsh, we Unless were burial ground. Unless there's a lot of traffic. I mean, then you well, have a yeah. problem. Honey, nobody, nobody lives here. This place is like... Seriously, my mom used to say you could walk up and down the street in Huntington Beach naked with dollar bills stuck to you with honey and nobody would even pay attention to you. And I think that's kind of true. Like if if I see a car at night drive down my street, it's I'm telling you, I live in this strange little pocket. I told my friend the other night that it reminds me of have you ever seen the movie Pumpkinhead? It reminds me of the knoll where oh. where Ed where you know Ed Harley had to had to bury his the, his son so the pumpkin head would come. Like we live in the I live in the pumpkin head knoll. But then you go a couple of minutes away and you're right in the middle of civilization and you go 10 minutes and you're right in downtown Huntington and there's the hotels and everything. 
It's very strange, but it's something that as a, as a young person, I was like, I'm not growing. This is crazy. I'm going to LA. There's nobody here. But yeah. you know, now in my fifties, I'm kind of like, this is kind of lovely to live in this sort of tranquil place. Peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's why I like being by the beach, you know, and it's funny because I live, I mean, literally it's the end of the block here. Yeah. And I yeah. never, and I never really go. I go once in a while, but I don't take advantage of it. Yeah. But at night I'll sit in my backyard. We'll have like the, the fire pit going on and it's all nice outside. You can feel the ocean breeze. You can hear the waves crashing. It's beautiful. Yes. Foghorn. I'm like, dude, I'm totally in my peace zone right now. This is so yes. Great. So yes. Beautiful. right there. And I can feel the energy from it. It's so great. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I do it every night since I moved back here. Um, my best friend lives in downtown. And when I leave, I go have dinner at her place and hang out. And when I leave, I go the long way and take PCH home. And I pretty much drive the length of Huntington Beach, turn around, come back, drive the other way and go back. So I get to see the ocean at night every single day. And I think from a spiritual perspective, that's incredibly renewing. And sometimes if I've got like 10 clients in a day, I'll take a break in the middle and take that drive to sort of refresh my spiritual palate because the energy of people can be a lot. And there's something about just looking at the ocean with your sunroof open and your windows down. It just sort of resets everything. Yeah. It's like the breeze is making everything new again. Like all the it's stuff, amazing. all the stress from the day, it's just being blown away, you know, yes. on my neck. Yes. And I think it's something, and I'm not trying to say this to be exclusive in any way, but I think it's a way, it's a thing that if you don't live at the beach, you don't get it. You don't understand the magic. And, and every night as I'm driving, I think, why in the world did I go away for 30 years? But, you know, you, you have to do what you got to do. And, and I have the career that I have today because I made that move. But, um, but it was just time to come home, you know? Yeah. Sometimes we do that. We go on an adventure to see what it's like over there. And then we go and we start becoming homesick and we find ourselves migrating back to where we started from. Yeah. Absolutely. Home is, yep. home is home. You, know? you, can, you can go home again. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the beginning. One of the things I like to do on the show is everyone has that uh, experience about how they got involved in the paranormal or what led them to the paranormal, so to speak. Um, tell us a little bit about your background story and how it all started for you. So I, my mother was a psychic medium but she never talked about it till I was in college. But we always knew there was something different about her. Um, and uh, she was very much a magnet for people. People would sit down next to her in a car dealership and tell her their whole life story. So I mm. grew up sort of following her around and seeing that in her and thinking she was the most magical human because she had this ability to draw people out. And then when I was about five or six years old and kids started following me around on the playground at school, I was like, oh, I guess I have this also. But I didn't think of it as any kind of spiritual gift. When I was probably, I was born in Connecticut. When I was five, we moved to Chicago. My dad was a design engineer for Brunswick. And so he got transferred to plants where they needed him. And so when I was five, we moved to Chicago. And um, I started seeing what I thought were imaginary friends that I now believe were spirits because they weren't kids. They were like older people. And I was born 
uh, with this odd fascination, fascination with Abraham Lincoln. I mean, really bad. Oh. Everywhere that my that he lived or died or went, by the time I was five years old, I think I had my, dragged my mother all over the country to go to those places. And sometimes I would just sit there and cry when I looked at him. I remember when they took me to the Lincoln Monument for the first time, they bought me my first little black and white camera. And I didn't know that you had to, to, to you know, reset it after every photo. So all the photos are like quadruple exposed. But I would look at the Lincoln Monument and just bawl. And um, when other kids wanted to go to Disney World, you know, I wanted to go see his blood on the pillow across from the theater. So uh, that, that's something that kind of haunted me my whole life and, and still does. And interestingly enough, my, my best friend, uh, who I fell into through her cousin, who I know, um, and her son are historical reenactors, and they run the historical society in my hometown that I've for many years been on their board of directors. Um, and they're the custodians for the most haunted house in Huntington Beach. Um, so this sort of Abraham Lincoln life just sort of followed me. And, and then, you know, all things Victorian, England, anything that had to do with that time period, I just didn't seem to be able to shake. And I never thought of that as any kind of spiritual gifts until I really came to terms with my gifts and started looking backwards. For me, consciously, it all started when I was 23 and I had a near-death experience. I was in a freeway accident and wow. I had a near-death experience. And um, I started seeing shadow figures out of the corners of my eyes. I started being able to, I always say that when I look at people, it's like they have a mouth here and they have a mouth in their solar plexus and both of them are talking and they're not always saying the same thing. So I would start to get these energetic conversations from people that were not coming from what they were speaking. And, um, and still I thought, well, my intuition just grew. By then I knew that my mother was a psychic and she was such an intense, like she would say the phone's going to ring in seven minutes and your grandmother's dead. And, and then it did. Um, so I figured all oh, my gifts were just like silly or, well, then um, when I was in my early forties, I helped my partner at the time run their spiritual practice. And I realized that um, I was sort of answering the client's questions. Because, you know, you can hear somebody through an iPhone. You can hear the other side of the conversation. And I was getting so many messages about these people that were calling in and for appointments. And I was thinking, man, this is something that I am so drawn to. But I still sort of, like, stuffed it down. Because I figured the minute I came out with my gifts, they would, you know, ride me out of the entertainment business on a rail. And that would be the end of everything. And then I, in 2009, I started at a new radio place um, station where I was interviewing people. And um, that's when I really, the two conversations really became very clear. And I would finish an interview and people would say, what did you just do to me? And I'd say, I don't know. We just did some radio. No, 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 no. You did something. And that combined with the fact that I started having a lot of people from the paranormal and spiritual worlds on my show to kind of in a lot of ways heal through what happened in that haunted house. And um, friends of mine that were mediums started calling me out like, so when are you going to come out of the psychic closet and start working? And I'm like, what? Never. And then it just became more apparent that was where my life was heading. And when my mom died in 2016, one of her first messages to me was, okay, kid, now it's your turn. Why aren't you doing this work? And so I started, I opened my spiritual practice. I thought probably no one's ever going to call me. And then it, it just became amazing. And, and it's, oh, it's, if I believed in 
in regrets, which I don't, I would say I should have been doing this work my whole life. I did do a lot of this work my whole life, but I did it not professionally and not knowing what I was doing, just thinking that I was helping people. But to me, the most beautiful thing in the world is to be in service. And so, um, you know, more and more, my spiritual life has taken over. I always say it's like this has always fueled my life. But now it's like I wear my underwear on the outside where everybody can see it. And um, then COVID hit, right? And everything shut down. And my practice just flourished because people suddenly had time and COVID money to ask all the questions they always wanted to ask. And so, um, you know, this part just grew and grew. And then I moved here to this crazy energetic house. I moved back here and it's like my spiritual life just grows and grows and grows. And lo and behold, nobody threw me out of the entertainment world. Everybody's been, for the most part, very embracing. That's awesome, you know. Yeah. And, and I think it happens at a right time, you know. Like yes. All this stuff is ripening, and then when it's fully ripe, it's just ready. Yes. And for you, you're like you said, you've been you're doing this work prior to actually doing the work. You know, yes. you're 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 just your natural habits, the way you are, the way you communicate with people. There's a connection thing going on there, you know. Yes. And then when you're afraid to come out and start doing it. But when you did it, that, that whole spiritual resurgence started happening. And so it was like the right time. It's like, here we are, we're moving forward. This is the right time. And that's all of a sudden, bam, yeah. things just start hitting your way. And it's so important that we, that we listen to what spirit wants for us. And we stay open and we walk the path as they give us the guidelines for where to go. And I say that because when my mom passed in 2016, um, I, I didn't know what to do. I was so numb because she was my best friend. I didn't know how I could breathe without her here. So I just sort of stopped pushing and started letting things come to me and started letting spirit tell me where the right place to go was. And um, as, as things at that time in the entertainment, my entertainment world, I kept sort of hitting glass ceilings and not moving forward. All these things in my spiritual life were moving forward. And I just kept saying yes to things and walking in the direction of opportunities that were coming. And it, I, I think it sort of led me in a direction that I might have been scared to go in had I not made that sacrifice and, and done that surrender work of, yes, you know, as humans, part of the just being smart enough to be dangerous, right, is we think we always know what's good for us. I'm gonna make my own life, man. Yeah. But the truth is spirit has so much great stuff for us. And we just need to trust that it's going to happen. And we just need to sometimes just stand there open and let the things fall into our crown chakra that are supposed to happen. And so I just stopped deciding what I was going to do and just started saying yes to things that were in front of me. And it became a very easy and beautiful road. And, um, and I'm lucky that I had my mom's guidance. I'm lucky that I had spirits guidance. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful to myself that I listened and didn't do some stubborn thing where I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not going to do this. And even now people say, what are you doing next year? And I'm like, I don't know. When spirit tells me, I'll tell you. There are a lot of things that I would like to do. There are a lot of things that spirit tells me this is coming up in the future, but I don't ask when anymore. I just, I just deal with what I'm dealing with today and just move forward and, and don't panic and just trust that I'm going to be taken care of. It's worked so far. And um, I think it will continue to work, you know?
Absolutely. And it's funny because you're saying that people try to control their destiny. You know, I'm, yeah. you know, even though, even though they know they should be going this way, they're like, no, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to do this. No, you can fight it all you want, but there's yeah. like a, 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 a current that just kind of brings you back. All of a sudden you're back to square one and you're facing the same situation. Like you, you, you can run around it all you want, but you're still going to go this way. Because yeah. This is the, the destiny. You know, and, and spirit has this in mind for you. You know, this is best for you. So yeah. just live your life, you know, and just kind of do the things that you love and it'll all come together for you. I told that to everyone. Yeah. I always tell this story. So I grew up in uh, when this this area that I live in now was was extremely um, they used to call it the the California Bible Belt. It was extremely evangelical. And so I rebelled against that because I didn't grow up that way. That wasn't who I was. And my mother had always, was always spiritual as long as I had known. My father was a lapsed Catholic who had become an atheist. So I didn't grow up in a house where you had to go to church. I wouldn't even say God when I lived down here. I'd always say the universe. Now I'm very comfortable with God or whatever. They're all the same term. And they all loads, yeah. all, all, all roads lead to the light, right? It's all the same thing. Yeah. So when Spirit gave me in a Walmart parking lot down here, oddly enough, um, in 2017, the hit that I was going to become a minister, I thought you got to be kidding me. I don't even, I don't even want to be a minister. I don't know how to be a minister. I don't understand what that means. All my friends had gone and gotten their universal life ordination to marry their gay friends. And I'm like, I don't even want to do that. I don't care about that. So a couple of weeks after it happened, um, pre COVID, I used to broadcast, um, my daily radio show live from the Hollywood Improv four times a year. And it was my radio anniversary, which is in August. So I was there broadcasting. And from the stage, I said, and I got this crazy hit to be a minister. And I don't know how that's going to happen. And everybody started laughing because everybody knew me. And that night after the show, this gentleman who a friend of mine brought came up to me and said, were you serious about the minister thing? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, I'm the dean of American Trinity University. And why don't we work together and I'll ordain you? And I thought, um, okay. So he did. And I became an ordained minister at, at American Trinity. And, and, um, and I thought, well, that's the end of that. And I don't know what to do now. So I had started a nonprofit to honor my mom and to kind of carry on her teachings. It's raisingthevibration.org. Cool. Um, another hit from Spirit. I founded it on her birthday, the um, the year that she died, uh, November 9th. And um, I figured that I was just going to be, that was my ministry and that was all there was. So I started doing gatherings where I would put people together, like in a theater or someplace, and we would talk about raising the vibration. And the first time that I did one, a friend of mine who was this kind of old, she's just past God love her this old kind of broady actress who you never would thought would ever have set foot in a church came to me afterwards and said, this thing that you're doing, you need to be a minister. And I said, well, I've recently become one. And she said, no, you need to have a church. And I said, well, I don't think any church would take my woo woo interface self. And she said, no, 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 we know somebody who's a minister. And she put me in touch with a mutual friend of ours who was a minister um, for the metropolitan community church. And he said, well, I've retired but I tell you what, we've got a brand new senior pastor and I'm going to bring him on your radio show. So they, the two of them came and did my radio show. And um, a week later, I'm sitting in Jerry's Deli. God rest Jerry's Deli's soul. 
I'm sitting in Jerry's deli with this man I don't know, and he offers me this monthly service at the church. And I've been there now for four and a half years. And being a minister is one of the things I'm the most proud of in my life. So isn't that weird how spirit just kept opening the doors, right? And I just kind of reluctantly kept stumbling through. And I think what you talked about is really is really great because it's an earthbound concept. We're culturalized as human beings to go out and get that thing we want and push and knock that door down and make it happen. But those are earthbound concepts and they're almost very opposite to what spirit wants, which is just get yourself ready, stay calm, <laughs> surrender to the everything, and we'll let you know when it's time for the next thing. Yeah, exactly. So now I just live like that. That's great that you, you have that opportunity and you live that experience. And it's like you never, prior to that, you would have never expected to go that direction. All of a sudden, oh, God, no. here we go. We're, we're, we're taking this road. Where's this road? Yeah. Yep. And I, I have kind of the same story. You know, I, I wanted my, I, when I got married, my wife wanted to get, you know, married in the Catholic church. You know, when I was really young, I was all about Jesus and God and all this stuff. And, and my parents were not religious at all. Not at all. And they have no idea where that obsession of mine came from. It was just a thing. You know, right. I right. got a connection going on. I'm feeling this thing. And I'm like, yeah, awesome. Yeah, awesome. So, you know, I, I got older and got involved with other things. The big music thing took off. So I'm doing all this other stuff. I'm not really focusing on that. So my wife wants to get married in the Catholic church. I'm like, okay, let's do this. And I got to go get uh, finished sacraments and all that stuff. So I'm doing these classes. And uh, it's very interesting. They're, they're, they're initiation classes. But I'm hearing them talk, and they're not sure what they're talking about a little bit because they're going through like, this book. And I'm like, well, hold on. That story relates to this story. And I would just start going off about all these different things, you know, that I learned growing up. And they're like, wow, this guy knows a lot of stuff. So after I graduated the class and got married, uh, they approached me and said, hey, you know, what would you think about being a teacher or filling in for a little while for the adult teacher? And I'm all sure, you know, it's across the street, no big deal. So right. I started doing that. And I, and I, I started inviting all these people and started growing and growing and growing. And all of a sudden it just got, I got really deeply involved with it. Uh, I became a minister and all that stuff and ordained. And it's funny because I would have never expected that. And somebody puts yeah. that out. And said, well, you know, this, the, the Holy spirit, is doing this. Yes. It's not your choice, not your path. The reason why you yes. sit here in this chair is because of that. Yes. They think you should do this. That's why you were here. Yes. And it only made sense. And I'm like, yeah, because I would have never expected to even gone that far. I would have got married and said, later, guys, whatever. But like, no, I feel calling here. I feel comfortable here. I'm talking about what I know. People get it. And I'm a total uh, church wild card. I'm a wild looking guy and I'm a rock and roll. <laughs> yeah. TV thing. So, and I, and I shoot from the hip. So I explain things in a certain way and, and the people go, Oh, okay. That makes sense. But yeah, you know, the spirit, man, it's all about you. You are part of it. You're intertwined. So you yeah. can get whatever you want. Just be open to it and let it do its magic for you. you know, follow your path, your dreams, and it's yeah. all going to come to you. You know, Positive. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. And I think that's, but I think people like us that are healers, right, natural healers, um, we're the people that should be ministers. But I think that 
maybe we were raised with an idea different than what a minister should be. And the interesting thing is Keith, our senior pastor, he and I have become like, you know, he's like my brother. And he he came from a very evangelical background where he was raised uh, in the South to be very frightened of metaphysical people. And I had developed this, and I'll admit it, prejudice when I lived down here from being bullied by so many evangelical people because I wasn't one. So now because of him, I am very comfortable saying God. I'm very comfortable saying that I'm a Christian. I mean, I'm a progressive Christian. I'm an interfaith mm -hmm. Christian. Um, yeah. He has become very uh, okay with talking about his own spiritual gifts and metaphysical things. And he always says, where you say spirit, it lines up with what we learn about the Holy Spirit, which is what I thought about when you said Holy Spirit. And we've kind yeah. of met each other in the middle. And, and weirdly enough, the first year that I did my, my Saturday night spiritual, my monthly service there, the November service fell on November 9th, which is my mother's birthday. And it is the anniversary of my nonprofit. And I said, you know what? I've never been baptized. My mom did not baptize me because she believed that kids should choose for themselves. I never intended in my entire life to be baptized or to become a church member. But that night during my service, he did my baptism. It was super beautiful. My best friend sang. And um, uh, my other friend played the piano and we sang together. It was like this total feel good thing on mom's cool. birthday, which I think is awesome. And I joined the church. So for the first time in my life, I have all these things I never thought I would have. And I didn't have to change my life or give anything up in my life to become those things. And I think that's an important thing for people to know, right? When the right thing is right for you, you don't have to change your whole life for it. It will fit into your life and it'll make your life better. Absolutely. You know, I was worried about it too, because, you know, I'm well known for the paranormal stuff and you could just yeah. look me up on Google and all of a sudden it's off. Oh, ghost adventures, ghost hunters. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Oh my God, yes. the father's going to freak out if he sees that. But I became really good friends with some of these guys at the church. And they're totally, yes. they are not against it. I have these yes, guys no. and they're just like talking about, you know, sometimes like when the spirit of grandpa comes to visit and the child's telling you that. And I'm like listening to sermons I'm like, wow. You know, yeah. I did, I was taught as a kid that this is all taboo. Stay away. But it's yes. not. They're no. totally progressive. They're modern day. They get it. Yeah. Spirits get lost. Mm -hmm. They try to help them. I've had a couple of them even try to do work with me and stuff. And like I said, I'm the wild card. And they're sending me to go to these places with the bishop and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But do yes. I want me to go to LA and hang out with them? Yeah. You know, Good. Man? What am I doing here? Uh, but they get it. They totally get it. And it's like not what people think. It's like, oh, spirit, you know, the white light. It's all, it's all part of everything. You know, Absolutely. I even, even, even uh, I, I teach at a magical university, the University yeah. of Magic, because with Father Sebastian and Patty Negri, we all do this stuff together. You know, and that's even acceptable now. You, people like card reading, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. You're worshiping cards. It's like, no, no, that's, that's not what it is, obviously. Yeah. These are just tools to help you figure out what's going on. You help yeah. you get the decisions you want to do. It's nothing yep. taboo. Well, I had a friend that used to say in the Deep South, the tradition has always been you go to church in the morning and you go to the hoodoo practitioner in the afternoon. So a lot of times people were leaving the church and going to whatever the metaphysical practitioner was mm -hmm. and just not telling anybody about it. And I just think now it's more open that you can do it. And for me, um, 
I always say when I, during my services that all paths paved in good lead us to the light. So anything that falls under that white light umbrella, um, just do your thing. And I talk a lot during my sermons also because people don't understand what inner safe means about what I like to call the spiritual salad bar. And it's like when you go to a salad bar and I love a salad bar, um, you can't take everything and you don't want to take everything. So you take the things you like and you make your plate and your friends do the same. And then you sit in a room with a bunch of people that have all made their plate and everybody's plate is different. And that's really how your spirituality is too. You can call yourself a Christian or call yourself Jewish or Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist or atheist or agnostic. But also there are other things that probably don't fit under that small umbrella that you are also part of your spiritual palette. And you're allowed to have those things too and build your plate any way that you want. And I think once you think of it like that, it takes all of that pressure off of you. And then you can just find the things that you resonate with and do those things. Absolutely. And, good, and I love the whole salad bar thing. Because I always talk about that. People say, well, well you're, you do this and you do this and you even do a little bit of this. I'm like, yeah, I've gone through my life learning about the spirit and stuff and, and yeah. the different cultures and religions. And I see what it is. I'm like, oh, these are really cool right here. Let me put that in my basket. Yeah. Oh, this guy over here, some of this Buddhist stuff. Let me throw a little bit of that in there. And big wick of stuff. Like, oh, yeah, look at all this white light I'm going to throw in my big basket. You know, it's like just build my own thing that works best for me. And, yeah. and spirit says, okay, this is what you want to do. Let's run with it. We're going to go this direction. And it's, it's for everybody. You know, and I try to stay away from negative things because I don't have time with the neg negativity because yes. slow you down and get in the way. It's like, no, let's, let's move on. Yeah. I never thought I would practice magic. And when my mom died, you know, she was a Scorpio and Scorpios have secrets. Um, I was cleaning yeah. out her office and I found like this wand and I found a, a bag of sage and a bag of dragon's blood and this tiny little cauldron. It looked like the thing you do a soft boiled egg in and this, this thing and a feather and I actually, I called Patty and she was the first person I called. And I said, what, what is all this stuff? Like, she's like, I think your mom was practicing. I had no idea. And then I thought, oh, well, first of all, why didn't she ever tell me? Because we told each other everything. And secondly, oh, that's kind of my legacy. So it made me sort of realize that's a part of who I am too. And I started doing a lot more things in that direction. I mean, I am by no chance a the kind of witch that my witch friends are. I haven't spent years and years and years practicing craft, but I do do um, ceremonies and spells for uh, the uplift of the world and for healing. And, and I love it. And I feel like I have my mom beside me when I did it, but I had no idea that was something that she did. Um, you know, you learn things about you all the time. And that's the great thing about the spiritual salad bar, right? Is that you don't have to even know you like something, but then you might try it one day and realize that you love it. I always laugh that I never had sushi till my 40th birthday. My mom loved <laughs> Chinese food, but she wow. was scared of raw fish. So we didn't eat sushi when I was a kid. And um, now it's one of my favorite things, but I never had it till I was 40. Um, it wasn't really a thing on the East Coast before we moved here. And then I think there was one place in town that had it growing up when I was a kid uh, here. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can at any time in your life decide you're in love with something and that's great. And I think it's so important that we don't set all these limitations on our life. 
I'm never going to do this and I'm never going to do that. Uh, okay, well, sometimes spirit has other ideas in there and they're snickering a little. Yeah. You know, you just kind of go through the motions like, watch, she's going to go that direction. Look, see, told you. <laughs> exactly. exactly yep. So I got, I got lucky growing up as a kid. Uh, my mother was part of the, the spiritualist movement in the early 70s. Nice. So she had all the reference books. Her library was incredible. And I'm always reading awesome. all this stuff. So I got, I grew up with that. No, but I was also baptized as a Catholic. So I knew my Catholic stuff. So I'm doing all the Wicca reading and the white, the white magic stuff. You know, and my mom grew up in the, the Jewish suburbs of Manhattan. Mm. So she was very much into the Jewish culture. We had little menorahs and all these things. Yeah. So just like a lot of that that going on. And then she was into a lot of the, the Buddhist uh, thinking as well. So I just got all that from her. I'm just learning all these different great things about these different pieces. And it just kind of helped shape who I am today and what I'm doing now. So I really, I, I think I got lucky because a lot of people are still out there searching for what they want to do, what they want to move with. It's like, wow. I agree. You know, I, I, I'm lucky. You're lucky. See, you found all that stuff. I consider myself lucky because my mom, is a, when I was a, this big, said to me, "Any, you have any questions, you come and ask me. And if I don't know the answer, we'll figure it out together. So everything was okay. The craziest dream I had, this weird thought I had about spirituality, I could sit down and ask her about those things and, and she would answer and she, was, and she was great. I remember once I was dating this guy when I first got out of college and he had done a lot of like mushrooms and peyote and, and LSD. And he said to me once, how did, you, how did you come to all these spiritual conclusions and you've never been on a trip? I said, well, because because I just was allowed to ask questions growing up and get answers. Um, I think a lot of people grow up with a lot of things being off limits. So they they shut that channel that brings the spiritual messages in. They shut it down. And sometimes psychedelics or, you know, marijuana or whatever it is, a tragic experience, sometimes an accident or a near-death experience kind of flies that channel open. But I'm so thankful when I see a lot of the things that my friends have been through at the hands of organized religions in many cases. I'm so happy that that wasn't put on me so I didn't have to rebel against that or feel guilty about it or um, feel like I'm doing something my mom wouldn't approve of. I, I just feel so thankful that she raised me so open. And, and I know you're thankful for that, too, with yours. Absolutely. It makes a huge difference, you know. And for those who you're watching and listening, uh, you guys can reach out to, to me if you want uh, to ask about that. You can also reach out to, to Sheena. She'd be sure. glad to help you. And like I've been posting, if you guys look at the bottom here, uh, you can go to www.sheenametalspiritual.com. Yep. Uh, and you can contact her there. There's, you can sure. sign up for readings. There's some workshop stuff. Uh, a lot of interesting things you can find out and learn about. And I'm sure if you write her uh, a question or whatever, she'll get back to you and help you guys out. Absolutely. We're all here, we're all here to, to bring yeah. us all together. We're all brothers and sisters in spirit. So we got to stick together and we're glad to help those who are finding that journey and getting closer. You know, if we can help, please don't hesitate to hit us up. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And my, my, I'm on social media everywhere, just um, at Sheena Metal. 
And um, uh, and I'm very accessible by phone. My number is 818-437-0886. I think I answer text messages faster because the phone's always with me. But yeah, I mean, I'm I. It's part of my ministry. You can text me at three in the morning, six in the morning, noon. Like there's no off limit times to send me a message. And yes, I do sleep. I just turn the phone off when I'm sleeping. Yeah. But um, to me, that's part of my ministry because a lot of people just need you to tell them everything's going to be okay. You know, I have a client right now that texts me every day. Her sister is very critical. She's also a client of mine, and she just texts me every couple, two, three times a day to have me tell her it's going to be okay. And I think um, that we're so lucky to do this work that um, uh, that's part of our outreach is to, to just be there when people need you. It takes a second and a half to send a text message back, you know? Absolutely. And that's good. Uh, yeah. So if you send me a text message at three o'clock in the morning, that's all good, but I'm not going <laughs> right. to exactly until I, I, I wake right. up around nine or 10 or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. You might not hear back from me till then. But sometimes I get up in the morning to go to the bathroom and I just answer the text messages and go back to sleep. So, yeah, there you go. So we'll, we'll definitely get back to you. It's just got to give us a chance to, to get to it. So Yeah, absolutely. Oh, awesome. So what's uh, new and coming up for you? Um, I'm excited to start teaching live workshops again. I'm going to start that next month. Cool. I'm going to start in the winter. I'm going to be doing um a, a, maybe a two or three day live event from, the haunted house that happens here in my hometown, probably a seance night, a couple of workshop nights. I want to teach my empath. Um, I call it empath recovery workshop. Why do I feel everything? And I also have a spiritual protection workshop. Take good care of yourself <clears throat> that I want to teach. And then um, next year, I'm hoping to do more conferences and, and um, paracons. I've just, um, uh, founded um, a, a paranormal society in my hometown, Surf City Paranormal Society. We're at surfcityparanormal.com. And I've got some great people that I've lined up, some that I went to high school with that are going to be nice. working with me to invest. Because, you know, when we were growing up, it was so evangelical here. You could never talk about it. So the, the haunted history of Huntington is kind of a new thing that's just come to light. And I'm so excited to be here. So um, I'm going to be doing that. And I'm working on my first book. And I'm excited about that being done. And there's so many things that are on the list, right? It's just when spirit tells me what time is for what. That's right. Got to keep your schedule. And I'll keep you yep. on it. Yep. So that's awesome. Well, make sure you let us know when that stuff all I comes will. out. And we'll read back on. And we'll do some yeah, promoting. Let people know what's going on. Sounds uh, good. We Thank are. You at our last minute here so we are going to have to wrap sheena thank you so much for coming on and joining us on the show thank you always, my friend always a pleasure to talk to you you too and even when i did your a couple of your shows it was it was so nice and easy yeah. and we, it went by so fast please come back anytime all right thank you so much make sure you guys go to her website and check it out uh this has been uh, my darkest hour you're listening to uh Live Paranormal, iHeartRadio, um, Stitcher, Player FM, all those guys that keep the show going, and I appreciate all of them. Of course, you can follow me on Paraflix and University Magicus, where you can learn about the magic and learn about all the things that we just talked about. Yay. So come and join us. All right, Sheena. Thank you so much, and we'll thank see you Thank you, my soon. friend. You betcha. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Bye. everybody. All right, you guys, that's going to be it for this edition of My Darkest Hour. Make sure you go ahead and check out 
the, the audio at liveparanormal.com. And, of course, come back and you can see us after that on the YouTube channel showing the actual conversations between me and, and Sheena. Don't forget to go visit her at SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. And we will see you guys next time right here on My Darkest Hour.